And for all of you who may be watching us on Spotify, amen. God bless you as well in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, again, we'll begin at Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse number 18. Praise the Lord. Amen. It says, and a certain ruler asked him, saying, God, I'm sorry, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? A lot of people asking that today. A lot of people being lied to today about how to enter into eternal life. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Eternal life. A lot of people say that phrase, but when you really think about the words of it, eternal. That lets us know that this life that we're living right now is not that life. Because we've already entered into this life. Am I right about it? There's another life that we're looking forward to. And that's the eternal life. Where our bodies will be changed. In a twinkling of an eye. We'll be called away to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. We're looking forward to that day. Thank you Jesus. Well people are being deceived today about how to enter into the kingdom. We're dealing with multiple kingdoms today. You have the kingdom of God and you have the kingdom of Satan. Praise the Lord. And the Bible told us in the book of Matthew, I believe it was chapter number 16, if I'm not mistaken, where he told Peter, he said, Peter, who do you say that I, the son of man, am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. And Jesus told him, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. And he told Peter that thou art Peter upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Praise the Lord. The church is our safe haven. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about this building that we come and gather to worship in. Praise the Lord. That is not the church. My bishop said it like this. The church is a living organism. The church is alive. The church is not just a building, praise the Lord. That's not what the church is. Now, we tell people, come on and come to church with me, right? But, but really, that's not the church. The church is a group of Holy Spirit-filled believers. That's what the church is. The church is a group. It's the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is a group of Holy Spirit-filled believers. Now, what we must understand is that there are two types of believers. You have the believer, but then you have the Holy Spirit-filled believer. There are a lot of people who are believers in Jesus Christ. They believe in the virgin birth. They believe that he died and he rose again on the third day. They believe that he was crucified, praise the Lord, and laid down his life and bled for us. Hallelujah. Don't you know that was an amazing task 
that God put in plan, put in place, that he would get on the cross and die for you. A man who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could be free from sin. He died so that we may live spiritually, eternally. But in order to live eternally, you have to have God internally. It's not just feeling him on the outside. Oh, I felt good at church today. Anybody can feel good. That's why the Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. God will always come in the midst where two or three are gathered in his name. But that don't mean that you have to be saved. He comes in the midst because you're gathered in his name. Now, in order to live eternally, you have to have God internally. And that's when you are a part of the body of Christ, which is what we call the church. Praise the Lord. Real quick, go to Matthew chapter 16. Yeah, Luke chapter 18. Flip to the left about a half a mile. I'm just playing. <laughs> Flip to the left and you'll see uh, a mark. And then before Mark, you'll see Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. And verse number 18. Matthew chapter 16. And verse number 18. Praise the Lord. Let's talk about the church. Being birthed into the church. Because that's what's important. The man asked in Luke chapter 18, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Amen. I'm going to tell you today what you must do. Tell you that. But we have to be in the church in order to inherit eternal life. Now remember I said there's two types of believers. You have the believer and then you have the Holy Spirit filled believer. Praise the Lord. Believers will still go to hell. The Holy Spirit believer is who makes it into eternal life. Mm -hmm. And that's a tight walk. There's a lot of people who believe in Jesus. There's a lot of people today who think they saved because they said, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that he rose from the dead. So I'm saved. Not so. That's the foundation of your faith. Believing the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's the gospel. When they, say pre, when they say the gospel, that means the good news. And the good news is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, the gospel is the what? Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel is. And one of the mysteries of the scriptures, when we preach Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, and we preach that you must repent and get baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Guess what? You're having the gospel performed in your life. The gospel, again, is the what? Death, burial, resurrection. That's the gospel. When you come to God for salvation to be birthed in the church, you must also have a death, a burial, and a resurrection. Amen. Just like Jesus had a death, burial, resurrection, 
You must have a death, burial, and a resurrection. And that's how you get birthed into the church. Your death, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Your death is repentance. Your burial is baptism. Your resurrection is rising up to walk in a new life, being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how you have the power to walk in a new life. That's the gospel. The gospel is wrapped all up into salvation. It's wrapped up into salvation. Death, burial, resurrection. Praise the Lord. Now look at the church here. Look at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Mm. He said he's going to build his church. Now, one of the amazing things about this is this. There was religious people in Jesus' day. There was religious people who they just got done having a conversation about. And instead of Jesus saying, yes, go join yourself with the Pharisees or go join yourself with the Sadducees, which were these religious groups. He said, I'll bump all them. I'm going to build my church. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to do with these religious hypocrites. And that's what we have in the world today. These people who say that they're believers, not Holy Spirit filled believers, but the believers. Remember, there's two types of believers, right? What are they? The believer. And what's the other one? Spiritual. Holy Spirit-filled believers. These are the ones who had the death, burial, and resurrection, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Praise the Lord. Now, look at what Jesus said here. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell. That means the kingdom of Satan will not prevail against his church. Praise the Lord. When he said he's going to build his church, he's not talking about, oh, I'm going to put some nails and some screws and some two by fours and four by fours and put a nice roof on the top. Not a fact, not a flat roof, a pitched roof. He ain't talking about build. He's not talking about building a building. <laughs> that makes sense. When he said he's going to build his church, he wasn't talking about, well, my past is that I'm a carpenter, so I'm going to grab me a. Maybe that's something to do with that, though. If he was a carpenter that builds things, but he's really going to build something spiritual, a carpenter. Right? A carpenter builds things, fixes things, right? Reorganizes it if they have to. Makes right? life better. Amen. So Jesus, the carpenter, ooh, here goes a sermon topic for Sunday, Lord willing. <laughs> Jesus, the carpenter, let him fix you up. <laughs> huh? Jesus, the carpenter, let him fix you up. Amen. But when he said he's going to build his church, he wasn't talking about getting hammers and nails and laying carpet. What he's talking about is building a body, a group, a body. He's talking about building a body 
a group of Holy Spirit-filled believers. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, in order to get into the church, if he, he said he's going to build his... See, Jesus is still building his church today. Whenever he fills somebody with his spirit, you're being, a, you're now a part of the church that's building it. See, this is spiritual. And notice he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means the kingdom of Satan is not going to have victory over it. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, if you repent, get baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance, listen, you are now part of the church. You're now part of the body of Christ. And it don't matter what organization you're in, right? It don't matter. God is not an organization. God is a spiritual body. His church is a spiritual body. Praise the Lord. So, this is what we must understand. The church, which is the ecclesia, that means a chosen and a called out assembly. That's what the church is. The definition of a church, the Greek word for it is ecclesia. Mm -hmm. And that means a chosen or a called out assembly. God is calling you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Mm -hmm. That's the church. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go back with God when he comes, you can't just be a believer. You have to be a what? A Holy Spirit-filled believer. How do you get filled with the Spirit? Go to Acts chapter 2. How do you get filled with the Spirit? Go to Acts chapter 2. Real quick. uh, Stay right there, Matthew, real quick. Uh, Real quick. We'll go to Acts chapter 2 in a second. Matthew chapter 16. Stay right there real quick. I want to show you one thing here. Uh, We're at verse 18 where he said he's going to build his church, right? Watch this. Go to um, verse 5. Matthew chapter 16, verse 5. I want to show you these religious people that was in Jesus' day. And to show you how Jesus had nothing to do with these religious people that he called hypocrites, that he called vipers. Praise the Lord. He, 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 did, he wasn't on their side. Praise the Lord. Amen. He wasn't on their side. Look at verse 5, Matthew 16 and 5. And when the disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, Beware of the leaven, which is the bread, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not understand, neither remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many baskets ye took up? Jesus said, listen, why do y'all not understand what I'm telling you? I told you to beware. That means to watch out for, right? Use caution. Beware of the leaven, which is the bread of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Again, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the religious groups in Jesus' day. So Jesus talking to his disciples telling them, beware, watch out, use caution when you're dealing with the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. 
And the disciples said, well, it's because we didn't bring any bread. He telling us about bread because we didn't bring any bread. And Jesus had to remind them, why are you reasoning among yourself about bread? Do y'all not remember? You were right there with me when I had five loaves of bread and fed 5,000 people. Y'all remember that story? Jesus had two fish and five loaves of bread, and he fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. I believe in the loaf of bread is what, 12 to 14 slices in a, in a, in a, uh, a loaf? And the loaf is about 12 to 14 slices in the loaf of bread. So you got five of those. Do the math. Five times 12 is what? Five times two is 10. Carry the one. Five times one is 60. Five times, so they had 60 slices approximately. We'll say approximately, right? Approximately 60 slices of bread. How in the world can you feed 5,000 people with 60 slices of bread and two fish? How can you do that? That's a miracle. Jesus had two fish, five loaves of bread, and fed 5,000. That's a miracle. Can you imagine every time you pull a piece of fish off, it don't go nowhere, and you pass it out? And the Bible said those people got full. And then after they were done, each apostle took up a basket of bread that was left. So there were 12 apostles. They took up 12 loaves of bread or 12 baskets of bread after everybody had eaten. That go to show you how God can take a little bit and make a lot of it, make it work. He don't take, he don't take God a lot. Praise the Lord. All he needs is a little bit because when you have a little bit, that, see, that's why, that's why this, small, this small church right here, that's why we can do big things and great things and impact lives. If it was a thousand of us, of course everybody know we could do a lot of stuff, right? Oh, they must got money. It's a thousand of them. But if it's only 20 of us and we can make a big impact, people then say, oh, they must got God with them because they only got 20 people and they're making this big of an impact, right? With a little bit, God gets the glory. With a lot, you get the glory. That makes sense? With a little bit, God will get the glory. With a lot, praise the Lord, you get the glory. So Jesus is reminding them, I'm not talking about natural bread. I told y'all to beware of the leaven of bread of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But I'm not talking about natural bread because I can make things happen with five loaves. <laughs> right? No, he said, neither the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many baskets you took up. It was verse 10. He reminded them again. Remember, I had seven loaves of bread and I fed 4,000 people. Praise the Lord. You find that in Matthew chapter number 15 and verse 32 through 38 about the seven loaves. Look at verse 11. Now, and, and that's, that's one chapter before us, right? That's one chapter before this. So this then happens after he did the miracle. Verse 11. How is it that you not understand? Look at verses Matthew 16 and 11. How is it that ye not understand that I speck it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of Pharisees and Sadducees? Then, verse 12, then understood they 
how that he bade them not beware of leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. What is doctrine? Doctrine is teachings. Your teachings. We have a doctrine. Our doctrine is to live holy. Be holy. But God said, be ye holy for I am holy, said the Lord. So we have, we have a doctrine. We have a standard, right? Jesus is telling his disciples, beware or be on the watch out. Use caution of the doctrine, the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these religious people. Beware of them. Now, after he told them, beware of their teachings, he then goes on to say, you know what? I'm going to build my own church. He had nothing to do with their religion. He had nothing to do with the hypocrites. He had nothing to do with them. He said, I'm, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. That shows you the separation that God has his own church. But then religious people, they're going to have their own church. The religious people are going to be the believers. The religious people are going to be the ones that I believe in Jesus Christ, but I ain't going to live a life that shows it. Religious people are the ones that well, I'm going to talk about God, but I'm also going to curse out of my mouth. Religious people are the ones that I'm going to, I'm going to act like I'm drunk in the spirit, but I'm going to really get drunk at home when I get there <laughs> with alcohol. That's religious people. That's religious believers. Those religious believers will still go to hell. That's why we got to be a Holy Spirit-filled believer. The Holy Spirit-filled believer is the true ecclesiastic, ecclesia, the true church, the true called-out ones, the true chosen ones that have been called out. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I want to go back and read Matthew chapter 16, verse 5 through 12 to show you there were religious people there. Being religious and going to a church does not make you saved. Let me say that again. Being religious, reading your Bible, praying, going to a worship center does not make you saved. It may make you feel good morally. Some people go to church, just go to a worship center just because they feel fulfilling a moral duty. In their mind, they say, well, that box is checked. On Sunday, there's going to be people who flood into worship centers, flood into churches, flood into synagogues. And they're going to say, well, you know what? Checkbox, I fulfilled my moral duty today. Let me go see him. They do their moral duty that makes them feel good, but then they leave just to sin. But the true church, the true believers, the Holy Spirit-filled believers, they will live a holy lifestyle. Amen? That's why it's important to be a Holy Spirit-filled believer. Now, I used to be one of these just believers, but that laid a foundation for me to believe in Jesus Christ. Then when I found out the truth, I then finally became a Holy Spirit-filled believer. And there's a lot of people out there that were just like me. They, were just, they are just believers. But then I was humble enough to accept the word for what it said. Amen. And I obeyed the word of God of how to be saved in the book of Acts chapter 2. Let's turn there and we'll close out. Acts chapter 2, 
verse 37 to 38. In Jesus' name. Again, thank God for our Facebook viewers and all of you who may be watching this on YouTube. Amen. And thank God for all of you who may be listening to this on Spotify. In Jesus' name. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, I encourage you to go to our, go to Spotify. It's free. And download our podcast. Not download it, but uh, find our podcast and like it there um, on Spotify. It's under the name New Ransom Jesus Church by Pastor Brandon Richardson in Jesus' name. Amen. Spotify, I encourage you to go to Facebook and YouTube and find us there. New Ransom Jesus Church. Acts chapter number two. Verse number 37 and 38. And Lord Willow will close right here in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38. Now, remember, I once was a believer. But now I am a Holy Spirit-filled believer. When I was a believer, it gave me a foundation to believe in Jesus Christ and believe the gospel, believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. But it wasn't until I obeyed the truth, obeyed this scripture here, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. When I obeyed this scripture, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, God filled me with the Holy Spirit, and then I became a Holy Spirit-filled believer. Amen. Now I'm on my way to heaven. I became a Holy Spirit-filled believer. Now I'm on my way to glory. All right, verse 37 and 38. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38. We're going to close with this in Jesus' name. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Now, really quick. At the end of verse 37, they asked the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter stands up and gives them what they need to do. Now, we just got done reading Matthew chapter 16. Jesus looked at Peter in verse 18 and said, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will do what? Build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19 then says, And unto thee, Peter, this is in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19, he said, Unto thee, Peter, give I the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Mm-hmm. Peter had the keys, right? Peter is the one who had the authority to open up salvation to all of mankind. Now, look at verse 37 again. This gives us that scripture in Matthew chapter 16 gives us the reason why Peter was the spokesman on the day of Pentecost. Because he's the one that had the keys. So Matthew, I mean, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, and who else? The rest of the apostles. Peter, and who else? The rest of the apostles. It called out Peter because Peter.
Peter is the spokesman because Peter had the keys that was given to him in Matthew chapter 16. Now, verse 38, the spokesman stands up, the one who has the keys, the one who has the authority. What does keys do? Unlock, open things. Peter unlocked and opened the door of salvation to everybody. On the day of Pentecost, he opened this up. Actually, on the day of Pentecost, he opened it up to the Jews. Mm -hmm. Then in Acts chapter 10, Peter used those same keys and opened up salvation to the Gentiles. So look at here in verse 38. But everybody does what the Jews had to do in order to be saved. There's one way to be saved. That's right. Mm -hmm. One way. You hear these lies from churches talking about, well... Salvation is like a wagon wheel. Many spokes, but they all go to one hub. No, that's crap. That's crap. There's one way to be saved. In Noah's day, but when the flood came, there was one way to be saved from the flood. What was that one way to be saved from the flood? Get on the ark. Today, that was a type of salvation. That was a type of salvation. The whole world is dying, mm-hmm. and there's one way to be safe. That was to get on the ark, to be saved from the flood. That's right. In today's world, the whole world is full of darkness and on its way to hell, and there's one way to be safe. Get in the ark, which is the church, which is God, Jesus Christ. Be a part of the body of Christ. So verse 38, Peter said unto them, here's salvation. If you want to be saved, this is what you must do. Then Peter said unto them, repent. That simply means to turn from your unrighteousness. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, it's washing away every sin that you've ever committed in your life. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If your preacher is not teaching this for salvation, they are a liar and the truth is not in them. Mm -hmm. If they're telling you to raise your hands and accept the Lord as your personal Savior, they are a liar and the truth is not in them. If they tell you you are okay the way you are, God loves you and he knows you human, they are a liar and they're telling you to repent Get baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with his spirit. They're a liar. Praise the Lord. Oh, just believe and you're okay. They are a liar. Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody told me one time that there's preachers who do witchcraft in the pulpit and the people don't even know. They're sitting there preaching sermons, doing witchcraft in the middle of the sermon and the people don't even know it. This is a dangerous world we're living in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Spiritually dangerous. Physically dangerous. Yeah. And you better get in the ark. Praise the Lord. So if you want to be saved, you got to do what I did. And you have to do what the apostles did. And you have to do what they did on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people got saved in Acts chapter 2. And one day, 3,000 people got saved by doing what I told you to do today. Repent, get baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, 
jump down to verse uh, 41. Then they that gladly received his word, talking about what Peter said, they that gladly received his word were what? Baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about what? 3,000 souls. 3,000 people got saved by doing what I told you to do. You will not find one person in the Bible that gets saved by doing this. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord, if I'm, I'm a sinner, be ruler of my heart. Come in and save me now. And my brothers and sisters, if you've just prayed that prayer, you're now saved. Dream big. <laughs> Nobody in the Bible ever got saved by doing that. But millions of people think they saved today because they listen to Joel Osteen do it. <laughs> They listen to Joel Osteen do that, and they're sitting right there on the other side of that TV screen watching him and praying that prayer and think they're all right with God, and they're not. The devil is using Joel Osteen in order to send millions of people to hell nationally. I'm pretty sure he comes on worldwide, not just in the U.S. Praise the Lord. Using that vessel of Mr. Osteen, Pastor Osteen, in order to send millions of people to hell. If it ain't written, you better not follow it. Nobody got saved. You will not find where anybody got saved in the Bible by doing that. Hmm? Nobody. Praise the Lord. You will not. 3,000 people got saved by doing what I told you to do today. Repent and get baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And verse 41 told us 3,000 people got saved by doing that. But you don't find one person in the Bible that got saved by saying, Lord, I accept you as my personal Savior. Come into my life and save me now in Jesus' name. Nobody. You will not find that junk written in the Bible. Yes, I said junk. And if your preacher is preaching it, he's a junky preacher. <laughs> Amen. Trap, hot dumpster juice, trash can teaching. That's true. <laughs> that that teaching is a stench in God's nostrils. Smell like hot dumpster juice. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Smell like mouse fart. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just messing around, y'all. <laughs> just want you to laugh a little bit. But, but, but that teaching is not written. And I'm giving you straight Bible today. Obey the word of God. And the hardest thing you're going to have to do is that R word, repent. Repent means to turn from your sins. A change of mind which results in a change of conduct. And it's hard to change our mind about mm -hmm. something that we've been doing for years and years and years. Getting baptized is the easy part. It don't take nothing for me to just dunk you in the water and say in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the easy part. God washed away your sins. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the easy part. The reason you ain't got it because God waiting on you to repent. Amen. When you repent, Holy Ghost coming. <laughs> and you will speak in an unknown tongue as the Spirit of God gives utterance. Somebody said, well, why, why you say I'm going to speak in the tongue? 
Because God gives you the evidence that he came into your house, your body. See, God will come. I heard a preacher put it like this. God will come in the house and he will speak out the house to let you know I'm in the house. That's how you know God is in there. It ain't just a, oh, I felt good on the inside. Anybody feel good? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I hope I said something to help you. Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. I hope I said something to encourage you. If you want to follow this ministry, you can do so on TikTok under New Ransom Jesus Church, Instagram, Facebook, amen, YouTube, and Spotify. In Jesus' name, God bless you. May heaven smile upon you in the name of Jesus. Thank you.